and welcome back to the Scenario 7 podcast. My name is Sam, and in a week where four teams brought us driver announcements that even Stevie Wonder saw coming, we bring you an Italian Grand Prix preview, reminiscing over fond memories and giving predictions for how we think the weekend is going to play out. Joining me today is my two co-hosts, it's Josh Bacon and Joe Roberts. How are you two doing? I'm doing very well, thank you, Sam. That was your best intro yet. I love it. How are you? I am very good. How are you doing, Joe? I'm doing good, Sam. Oh, I don't agree with Josh on that, but still. Uh, you never agree with anything I say, so so no no surprise there. But as I said, we're bringing you a preview of the Italian Grand Prix, and we're going to get straight into it. With let's start talking about the track. What do you what do you make of the track? Do you find the racing here enjoyable? Just give us your thoughts on that. I think this track is pretty quite similar to last week in the fact that I think it's a, an enjoyable one lap race or sort of a one lap qualifying track so it, it's really fast and quick and you can see cars pushing it to the limit and then when it comes to the race I think there's there's obviously more overtaking opportunities than there was last week but sometimes I think it can be a little bit a little bit dull with just the slipstream just being the only possible overtaking um, place but I still love the track because it's so so unique and so um, historic, especially with that banking. You can still see when they go around the track, and they still use some of the some of the old track on the home straight. So, just for its historic background and the qualifying, the exciting qualifying as it brings, I think um, this track is still one of the best uh, tracks on the calendar. Yeah, I I completely agree with Josh. Um, it's 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 one of the my, probably my favourite track. Uh, on the calendar, just the high speeds, the the drama you can have, the massive crashes. Some at some times you can have with like I remember Ericsson crashing a couple of years ago. I think it was during practice. So you can have massive accident, but you can also have memorable overtakes. When Alonso went on the grass, um, or was either Alonso or Vettel went on the grass to overtake? Um, yeah, overtake. So it's it's. It's a very good track and it can be dull because of the slipstream, because of the age of these cars. Um, but overall it's it's a it's a very good track. And obviously the sprint will I think spice it up like it did in uh, Silverstone. Mm, yeah, as you said, it is a historic track. I mean, it is the the world's third purpose-built uh, motor racing circuit. So it was the third like oldest in the world which is absolutely crazy you've also got um one of the best corners on the circuit with um the parabola parabolica corner being just a brilliant end to to a fantastic one lap circuit where qualifying is really good around here as you said uh, as joe mentioned we do have sprint qualifying do you think that sprint qualifying is suited to this track or do you think that this is a track where normal qualifying would be better um i think that it, it will suit this track uh, just because you can overtake unlike um unlike in the netherlands grand prix but i think the problem probably will be the slipstream train just because these cars can't follow in the corners like um lesmo one and then the lesmo two 
that section there is going to be very hard for the uh, for the cars to follow. Um, and then apart, I can't think of the names for the other two corners, but it's it's the follow. I think it's the following that'll be a problem to get close enough to make an overtake. Um, but I think the most crucial part, I think if if there is a train, it's going to be very very hard to get uh, overtake just because of the dirty air, the tires will just suddenly fall off. So I think that's the only issue they have. I think the sprint qualities this season are only for experimental so they, they can use it for the 2022 cars when you can actually run closer. Um, I think obviously we haven't seen what the 2022 cars will do, but I think it will suit um, Monza to to the absolute T. But I don't. I'm very unsure about these generations of cars if it will suit the the track. Yeah, I'm. I'm I agree with Joe, but um, I think just to, to add to what he said is, um, I think with the sprint qualifying, it it adds another first corner or first lap drama. So especially with that with that first corner, which is really tight and really slow, I think you'll see maybe a few lockups and a few mistakes, which will cause crashes in sprint in sprint qualifying and the normal race. So obviously, if it happens in sprint qualifying, that will definitely mix up the grid and uh, make the race more interesting. But um, I think it's a good decision to bring in the sprint qualifying for for this weekend at Monza. Yeah, I am all for trying new things and. The British Grand Prix trialling, I think, went really well. We had Alonso having headlines there. And it's more racing at the end of the day, so I'm all for it. And trialling it to see if they're going to carry on. Whether it's suited to this track, I think we'll have to wait and see. Of course, yeah, you've got the main straight and the first chicane, which provides the best overtaking opportunities. So we'll see how sprint qualifying works around this track, but I'm excited to give it a go. Um, let's move on to fond memories. Let's recall some of your favourite races um, round Monza. Um, well, I think mine will be the, the freshest one in the mind. And like I said in a previous podcast, I haven't, didn't really start watching Formula 1 until quite late, so my knowledge is just, just recent. And uh, I think for obvious reasons, yeah. I've, I've chose last year's race, which was uh, full of drama with uh, both the Ferraris. Um, I think Leclerc crashed out and Vettel retired. And also Verstappen and Magnussen retiring, so only 16 cars finished. And obviously the, the main talking point was uh, Hamilton pitting when the pit lane was supposedly, well, not supposedly, was closed. So he got the 10-second uh, uh, time penalty for that, which then meant he went to the back of the field and had to fight his way through. And then that meant uh, the, the fight for the, for the win between Gasly and Science, which was incredible for the whole race or pretty much most of the race and um uh, luckily for the gasly managed to hold on and get his first ever f1 win which obviously for him is massive and it was just a, a great a great show for everyone just made the sport look look back look back to what it should be instead of just the previous years of just mercedes red bull busting at the front of everyone else just doing the, the uh, just during the rest of the, the midfield. Um, so, yeah, I think last year's race at Monza just shows what is to come in the future and what F1 should be like, and that's why I chose it. 
uh, as my most memorable race. Yeah, I think that, that that race, I think there was, I think particularly memorable and due to the fact that there's Gasly kind of proved a point uh, to Red Bull. Um, but my favourite race, I think, was in 2008. It's slight in the memory for me because it's so long ago. Um, but it's Vettel's first um, win, first um, pole, and Toro Rosso's only win or a win well actually no not win well no well Toros's first win and yeah first pole but yeah it was a very eventful race and whether just uh, sorry Vettel just dominated it was kind of I would say a fairy tale uh, beginning for Vettel because it kind of put him a stepping stone to take that Red Bull seat in in 2009 when um uh is it no not Coverline? Um, David Coulthard re retired that season, and then obviously the rest is history when he came world champion four four times in a row. So I think for me that race kind of put Vettel in the spotlight and kind of did the same um, when I would say when Hamilton won it to show that they those two would be um, world champions one day. So that's why. Um, so for me, that race is is um, very memorable for me. Mm, yeah, two two great races, but I've gone for the 2012 Italian Grand Prix, a country that means a lot to me. My favourite holidays are in Italy's, and this is my favourite race from the country. Um, it's special to me because the driver I support, Sergio Perez, did very well. There's a theme with the fond memories that a lot of them actually do seem to be around um, Sergio Perez. And that's just because of my passion for the driver. Similar to Italy, I'm in the green and uh, green and red colours, you know, supporting, supporting the country and the driver. But yeah, let's talk about the Italian Grand Prix. So first of all, I started on Saturday. Lewis Hamilton on pole with Jensen Button on second, uh, giving McLaren a front row lockout for their 62nd time uh, breaking the previous record set by Williams. I feel like Mercedes have broken that now, but at the time that was like amazing for McLaren. In third was Massa. Um, we then had um, Jensen Button retiring on lap 34 following a sudden loss of fuel pressure and Sebastian Vettel uh, retiring on lap 47 with a failed alternator and... It was just a masterclass from Sergio Perez. He started the race in 12th. He made his way up the grid. He was in first when um, Hamilton pit, and he bought his Sauber home in second. Um, Hamilton won it, um, as well as finishing on pole with Fernando Alonso in third. And this was the race that really made McLaren sit up and take notice of his ability, of course, uh, Perez went on to join McLaren, didn't have a great, very successful spell there, but he showed his ability at Sauber. He showed his ability later at Force India. And this race was truly memorable for me, for me fans of Perez, fans of the sport. It was truly incredible race. But um, let's move on to what we expect to see this weekend, of course, we've got sprint qualifying added into the mix, so that can mix up a few uh, a few people's predictions. But yeah, 
let's see. What do you, what do you expect to see, guys? Um, well, um, I started off with uh, talking about normal qualifying or the usual qualifying, which is on Friday instead. And I think that it's going to continue as it does most years and be really messy with every with all the cars trying to back back each other up on the on the back straight so they can get a slipstream or just not be the, the car at the front that doesn't get a slipstream. So I think that's going to catch a few drivers out. I'm not going to say who, because that's just too hard to predict, but there'll definitely be one or two maybe upsets in Q3 or Q2. And then I've also put Verstappen's poor form to, uh, to continue. Obviously, he hasn't finished higher than fifth um, at Monza. I do think he'll finish higher than that this, uh, this year, but I still think it won't be uh, as good as uh, expected for Max this year because of his poor form at Monza. And I've also, uh, because of his high from last year, I've put Gasly to compete for a podium. Um, I reckon he'll be really strong in qualifying and improve his places in the sprint qualifying and then fight for um, a podium uh, during the race. Mm -hmm. I've also, just like last year, because it happens, I've also got it again for both Williams to make it out of Q2. But I think they'll then struggle during sprint qualifying and possibly the race, so they might just drop back down the field again. But I think now one lap pace will be good enough to see them both through to Q2. And then finally, just because I kind of run out of ideas, I've got Haas to get lapped three times by, for both drivers because the track's so quick and it's not the longest so I thought they'd, they'll get lapped at least three times. That's a bit random. Um, I, I've gone... So what a theme of Josh for the Haas. I think the, both the Haas will retire. Um, <laughs> nice. As in, I think they'll crash out in either the sprint or the... Um, yeah, or the race. Well, I don't know, qualifying, whatever. Um, and then... Uh, I'm thinking this could be a red flag in the actual race on Sunday, which again will spice it up a bit for the fact that obviously last year made it so special. Um, and then I think Lewis Hamilton will get pole, but he will have to, he, Mercedes will take a 10 plays grid penalty for a new engine. The same with the uh, Red Bulls as well, um, which leaves Bottas to get the get well get on pole for the uh, sprint and then obviously whatever happens in the sprint race um, then the other one uh, I think the Williams won't get out of Q1 um, because of just generally their car isn't very suited to uh, the track I don't think I don't think they did very well last um, season and McLaren to get a podium. Uh, I have one of the the same predictions as you, Joe. We, we finally agree on something because I also have McLaren on the podium. But um, let me, I'll run you through my other predictions. So I have Hamilton to win um, the race, not the sprint, the race. Um, it's a Mercedes track. They'll be looking for revenge after... Zanvoort, and I can see Hamilton doing very well here. I've got Ferrari to struggle in sprint and the race. Um, the straights don't really suit their car, 
and the main straight here is massive. Um, there, of course, there's lots of corners, but the the straights on this track are very long and very quick. So I think they'll struggle. I've got a double points for Alpha Tauri. I've got. Um, I just think that Gasly, of course, is great at this track. He performed, yeah, he won last year and he's a, a consistent performer on this track and a consistent performer on every track, I think it's fair to say. And I think that with Sonoda, the, re the reduced pressure about the driver's future will help him. Um, I think there's no, there's no longer a question mark over his head for 2022. So I think that he can be more relaxed. I think he'll... I'm not. I'm not talking fifth or sixth. I'm talking tenth or ninth. But I still think that he will um, get himself a point. And so will Gasly. And then my final one is Giovinazzi points. He is a driver that Joe really doesn't rate at all. He definitely is a qualifying merchant. If there ever wasn't. Uh, one in the sport, the fact that he performed so well in qualifying, even Zanvoort, a great example of that, you know, doing so well in qualifying up to seventh, and then in the race he dropped. Admittedly, a punch didn't help him, but he didn't really have much race pace anyway. The the reasoning for Giovinazzi points is that it's his home Grand Prix. He's going to be he's going to be motivated. He's going he's going to be ready. He's going to be raring to go. And um, he, he also needs to start performing because there are loads of question marks over his seat. So he really needs to, um, he needs to leave a mark and no better place to leave a mark than your home Grand Prix. And then my final point about him getting points is because they have a beautiful livery. I mean, they've unveiled a sensational livery for this race. And it would be unfair for it not to end up in the points, really. So that's why I've got um, Giovinazzi in the points. Um, let's let's increase the accuracy a bit. Let's get even more specific and talk about our top five predictions, starting with fifth, of where you think um, they pit, uh, the drivers will come. All right. Um, I'm going to go a bit bold here, and you're not going to like it, Sam. Um, I'm going to think Perez will be fifth. Uh, Botta, actually, I'm going to... Uh, oh. I, I do agree with Josh. I think Max will struggle. So I'm going to put Max, Stappen, P4. Um, Bottas will be P3. And then Lando Norris will get P2. And then Hamilton will win it. Okay, yeah, I like that. Mine's quite similar to Joe's, actually. Just um, I know Sam's not going to like it at all because I haven't mentioned Perez in my top five. Um, I've got Bottas to finish fifth. And I've got, because I said earlier, Gasly's going to finish fourth because I think he's going to be up there competing for a podium finish. And then I think Verstappen's going to finish third. So even though it's still, a podium's still good, it's still going to be Monza haunting him, so he's not going to finish in the top two, as we expect. And then, like Joe, I've got Norris in second, and I've got Hamilton to win it. I really hope that Perez proves all of us wrong this weekend, because I've also got him fifth, Joe. I also have him um, not getting a podium. I mean, Josh, completely disrespecting him, not even putting him in his top five. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Perez is going to come fifth, I've then got Valtteri Bottas in fourth. 
I think he'll be solid, but he won't have the pace of the top three. In third, I've got Norris. So we all predict Lando Norris to get on the podium, um, which is exciting times. It'd be great to have two Brits on a podium. Second, I've got Verstappen. I think that admittedly he's struggled at Monza in the past, but the car he's got this year is so good that I, I think he just will come second, but it, unless he has an accident, of course. But I think he will uh, have a, a crash-free race, an incident-free race, and he'll come second. But the person that's going to win the race is Sir Lewis Hamilton, who's going to win it. He's going to bring back the... Uh, he's going to take back some points on Verstappen, making the championship a lot closer. This year, we've got a battle on our hands, and it's very exciting. Um, the final thing I want to leave on is in the week, of course, I mentioned it in the intro, we had some driver announcements. And to be honest, there's not very much to say on it because we've been talking about the, the these driver announcements for ages, even though they weren't confirmed. But we had, of course, Albon going to Williams. We had both the Alpha Tauri drivers keeping their seats and George Russell going to Mercedes. I just wanted to get some reaction from you guys, what you thought on the moves. I know, Josh, despite saying on the pod that you thought Albon would go to Alfa Romeo, you then are very happy he's gone to Williams. So, guys, give me your reaction on the driver news from the week. Yeah, like you said there, I'm just, I'm just happy he's back in the sport. The, the infamous trio is back of, of Russell, Albon and Lando, so that should, that should be a good final. I expect they are... Uh, yeah, another a quiz with Natalie, uh, with the four of them on Sky Sports soon. Like, I'll, but that'll be a good laugh again. But um, just have him back so he can prove himself again. Because I think, like Gasly, just and possibly Perez, but not not as much. It just shows how difficult it is to be in that second seat at Red Bull, um, to to fight with Max and just prove that you can actually, or you are actually a good driver. So hopefully, with the new regulations and the new twenty twenty two car. Uh, the Williams drivers, and especially Albon, can fight with others and fight in the field and show how good they actually are. And then with uh, the Alpha Tauris, I think, I think I expected that. I didn't expect them to drop Sonoda and then um, and replace him. I think obviously it's just a a rookie drive, rookie's first year. He's just trying to get used to the car and get used to the sport. Uh, so I thought it would have been a bit harsh to to get rid of him so quickly. Um, and then obviously we all knew it was coming, but Russell to Mercedes is just massive. It's great news for, for Russell. And I think he can he can definitely fight with Hamilton and Verstappen. If you put him in the right car, he showed in Bahrain, even though the team screwed it up for him, he showed that he can fight with the top dogs and prove that he's got the pace in, in a good car. So it should be good to see next season with him uh, fighting Hamilton and Russell, uh, fighting Hamilton and Verstappen and possibly other drivers who uh, who are still good, but and when the cars are pegged back to be level level playing field, it should be good fun next season. Yeah, I, I agree, Josh. I think the one the one issue I would have with Russell is he looks like he has the like mental side of it, but as what Bottas came in, Bottas <laughs> when he came into from Williams kind of got in, well, I think levelled up with Hamilton was a match and then suddenly Hamilton increased his gains, his speed and made him basically the, the man to beat when Bottas just lost 
the con- confidence, I think, like three seasons ago, if you, you can look back on it, absolutely shattered. So I think even though Russell probably just needs to learn from Hamilton, I think he, he can't get into that mental state where it's it kind of he, he loses faith in his driving skills to go up against Lewis because I think that this move could either potentially would obviously depending on next season's car he could Lewis could suddenly elevate his game to to another level that Russell can't get but obviously Russell's younger and could just learn from Lewis I think that that's the way that he probably has to look at it um but he can't look at it the way I have to beat him because then he will turn into another Bottas um but again I I do agree Josh that the cars next season will hopefully level the playing field and you'll see the best drivers out there. I'm with this, it has, I'm always probably critical on Sonoda. I don't, I think, I think there's poss- possibly should have been an F2 a lot longer, but he is very raw, I think. Um, so I'm a bit on the, on the fence about Sonoda, but Gasly definitely, um, it's 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 an interesting one because I kind of think Gasly's better than being a, in a sister team. So I kind of hopefully he breaks the bond with Red Bull and goes uh, his separate ways. I think that's the best for him and so he can win a world title. Um, and then what was the next one? Was that Albon? Albon, yeah. Yeah, Albon, I'm very happy with that. I think he's going to stick the middle finger up at Red Bull and, and do very well and ho- hopefully show why he should be in the seat rather than Perez. Um, because as, as Josh said, Gasly was had shattered confidence, um, maybe didn't have the mental side to it, to be in the Red Bull seat and then absolutely floor, is flooring it at... Um, Alpha Tauri. So hopefully he does that for Williams. But again, you can you have to wait for uh, next season. Mm, yeah, I think one of the things with Albon going to Williams is that Williams for a long time have basically been almost uh, a feeder team for Mercedes, where Toto Wolf has basically almost taking control of them, putting the drivers he wants to drive for Williams in the seat instead of who'd be best for Williams. And I think this is a great change because we all know that Toto Wolff was trying to put Nick DeVries in that seat, of course, a Mercedes driver who was trying hard, and he wasn't happy that Red Bull were looking at putting Albon in that seat. So I think that it's great that Williams have decided, you know what, we're not going to be... Mercedes toy anymore. We're going to do what's best for the team. We think that Albon's going to develop the car well. We think he's going to be better in terms of results than De Vries. And they've chosen Albon. I think that's a great step forward for them as a team. And if they're going to develop, I think that's definitely a step in the right direction. Um, that sums up our podcast. That that wraps up the preview of the Italian Grand Prix of Monza. Let us know what you think. Tell us how you think sprint qualifying is going to go. Were you surprised by the driver news in the week? I mean, 
was anyone uh but let us know um remember to like subscribe download whatever you need to do and um we'll bring you a review of the race on sunday but yeah thank you guys for what you're listening and uh we'll see you on monday thanks